The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Stop whining. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Damn, dude, this place is huge. Yeah, it's almost as big as Carmen's ass. No, it isn't, you guys. This is where all our work is done. So what are you going to do with all these underpants that you steal? Collecting underpants is just phase one. Phase one, collect underpants. So what's phase two? Hey, what's phase two? Phase one, we collect underpants. Yeah, 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 but what about phase two? Well, phase three is profit. Get it? I don't get it. You see, phase one, collect underpants. Phase two, phase three, profit. Oh, I get it. No, you don't, fat ass. Do you guys know anything about corporations? You bet we do. Us gnomes are geniuses at corporations. Jesus Christ, look out! Oh, my God, they killed Kenny. You bastards. Listen, we have to give a huge speech tomorrow about corporate takeovers. Holy shit, we killed your friend. Yeah, 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 look. We gotta know about corporate takeovers tomorrow, we're screwed. Crossed! We squished him like a bug! Do you know anything about corporate takeovers? Well, we can explain that to you easily. Yeah, for a price. What? You know. Underpants? Underpants! Bob We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show! whining. God damn it! Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> Love the underpants, gnomes. It is uh, Thursday, February 22, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you today by SeatGeek. That's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K dot com. SeatGeek. Holy shit. I just found out that Fleetwood Mac is going to be doing a farewell tour this year. Yeah, I'm really white. I'm a middle-aged white guy. What do you want from me? But I, here's what I'm going to do. When, when Fleetwood Mac announces the concert dates, I'm going to go right to SeatGeek because buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, and I'm easily confused. But there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone right here in front of me, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and within just a few steps, I can easily find seats. With SeatGeek, you save time and money while it does all the searching for you on dozens of ticket sites, comparing prices and finding amazing deals. 
and SeatGeek grades every ticket to get the best bang for your buck suited to your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. And best of all, my listeners get 20 bucks off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. You know where to find the apps on your phone and enter the promo code B-O-B-C right now. Do it right now. That's promo code B-O-B-C for $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. We thank you in advance for doing that. Please go do it now. All right. It is uh, Trump Crisis Day. What the hell day is it? 399, 256 days until the 2018 midterms. And uh, holy God, you know, you know what? I didn't want to announce who was going to be here ahead of time because today's a big day. It's not only my last show from California before I moved to Washington, D.C., but guess who's here? Yep. Back from the dead, my good friend David Ferguson, T-Rex. Hello. Not extinct yet. What? What? what oh my God! <laughs> You're not extinct yet. So how are you, my friend? Nope. I'm pretty good. I mean, it's a, you know, I'm recovering. It yeah. was a pretty major health event. Yeah, God, I would say so. A widowmaker heart attack. Is that was that the official diagnosis? You had a widowmaker heart attack. Yes, lower coronary artery obstruction, uh, myocardial infarction. Holy God! So. What happened? What, what were you doing? What, what the hell went on that you ended up having a heart attack? What was it? Oh, Set let's the talk scene. about me later. Let's talk about the news. <laughs> okay. You don't want to talk about any of that crap. It's, you know, it's, it's, I'm still processing a lot of it and I'll probably talk about it over the course of our long conversation here. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It just is <laughs> it's, like, it's for one of the biggest things it is though, is it's humbling. Yeah. You know, and it just kind of makes you go stand back and go, wow, you know, there's, the line between, you know, David Ferguson, writer, singer, full of dreams and hopes and promises and <laughs> half-finished projects, yeah. and a lifeless pile of meat is very thin. It was horrible news to hear, but it was so relieving to find out that you were, I mean, within, it seemed like within hours you were up and joking on Facebook and, and posting things about it. I was joking it. during and after the procedure, actually. God, <laughs> like, God damn. But let's let's do the headlines. Let's talk about let's, what's happening out in the world. Let's okay. talk about the kids from Parkland because I think they're amazing. Yes, we will not focus on your widowmaker heart attack. We'll talk about it at the end. <laughs> okay, all right. For the people who sit through the whole hour forty-five, we can we'll, you know we'll catch you up in the last half hour. Well, what we know right now, David, since we're gonna we're gonna dig into all the bull crap that we've been dealing with for for what seems like forever now. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, with CPAC. Ah, Gorka! <laughs> yeah, Gorka's there. They're all there. It's like one big conglomeration of the worst people in the world, including, <sighs> apparently, uh, CPAC invited Wayne LaPierre to speak, which is just completely tone deaf. We're right on the heels of a, uh, of the most recent mass shooting, the, the 18th school shooting in 2018. But it's not tone deaf because they mean it. I yeah. mean, they, they intend it. They're like, ooh, let's get Wayne LaPierre. That'll make the liberals mad and sad and yeah exactly it's all Which is, i mean this is the greatest saddest thing about our political mm. you know universe right now is that like liberals want to make the world a better safer more fair place and yeah. conservatives want to make liberals cry yeah well that's become the whole republican uh, mo right now it's just whatever you do platform. just as long yeah as long as you're trolling liberals you're doing all right that's the whole point of it it started with sarah palin i mean as far as the the actual 
idea of trolling liberals, apart from, you know, AM talk radio and Fox News Channel, the party itself now has just adopted that as its entire thing. I mean, everything they do. It's why they're a shambles after a year of governing when they've got all three, you know, branches of government under their thumb. Um, They don't have a governing principle. It was just like, screw the black guy and those damn feminists and the queers and, you know, and the Mexicans. Yep. That's not a governing philosophy. Yeah, no. And, and of course, then they wheel out, uh, I should say, they thaw out Wayne LaPierre from his cryogenic freeze <sighs> and, uh, and shove him behind a microphone at CPAC where he just went off. I mean, the, the most, oh God, he is, he is the devil. This guy is the worst person in the world. I mean, you talk about selling your soul. He's pulling down $970,000 a year to talk maybe once or twice a year in front of uh, audiences of, of, of like-minded people. And to... to Look, to... it's not cheap to have your entire, entire body covered in crocodile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, just a pair of boots is like a 1000 Yeah, I mean, let's be perfectly clear now uh, about what Wayne LaPierre does and what the NRA, uh, more broadly speaking, does as well. Their whole mission, their task, is to sell as many guns as possible. They're not about protecting the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is only a marketing ploy. The Second Amendment is part of their brand in order to sell as many firearms as possible. That is why they're a lobbyist group. That is why the uh, all the firearm manufacturers and distributors and retailers give them millions and millions of dollars every year to distribute around, to intimidate all kinds of politicians into voting their way. And make no mistake, mm-hmm. this is going to happen with Donald Trump as well. Donald Trump is. Well, put- tell me what he said. Well, okay. What did he say today? Among other things, Wayne LaPierre said, as usual, the opportunists wasted not one second to exploit tragedy for political gain. Okay. The breathless national media was eager to smear the NRA. Oh, poor baby. You know what? Again, I know, I know. That's so whiny. His life is (laughs) so whiny for Wayne LaPierre and the NRA. So sad that suddenly. Central's are their thing, like persecuted. Yeah. Baby yeah. boomer guy. Like, everyone's out to get me. The white man is the most discriminated against person in the country. And they came for our guns. Yeah. They're coming for our gun rights. That's right. They're making sure uh, that anyone can get their hands on a semi automatic firearm and mow down. That's the thing. It's like, you guys are supposed to be such tough guys. And then, like, anytime anybody <laughs> says anything that hurts your feelings, you're just like, I'm being discriminated against. Yeah. It's I like- mean, it's just, just <laughs> constant crying like little baby. <laughs> oh, that was the wrong button. I, that was my frustration. Stop whining. That was the button I meant to press. <laughs> but Jesus God, uh, not one second. They wasted not one second to exploit tragedy for political gain, which the NRA never, ever does, does it? Right. That's why gun uh. sales go through the roof right after these mass shootings. Right. People go out. They run out and buy guns. The NRA is there to facilitate all of that. You know, I would know more about what the NRA was doing, but the NRA TV that that outfit, that, that wing, the sort of the PR wing of the NRA NRA TV Blocked me on Twitter <laughs> because once again, uh, they're such alpha males, sensitive. aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Did you so, watch the town hall last night? I watched some of it. I didn't oh, see all of it, all of it but it was so just good. those kids are like knives through butter. It's yeah, amazing. They really they're are. just like, you know, and the history teacher gets up and he's like, um, can you explain to me exactly <laughs> how the guy with the AR-15 that shot my students was part of a well-aimed militia? Please use some uh, supporting examples. Yeah, yeah. Show your work. Yeah, and, and yeah, Dana Lash actually said that she needed armed guards to get out of there. So she, 
Dana Lash, after talking at that CNN town hall, said she needed guns to get out of the discussion about guns. Smart of she's her. Got, like it? whatever the opposite of charisma is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, she's like this. Like you, you she's kind of reminds me of like Michelle Malkin in her prime. It's sort of like oh, one of those Michelle like Malkin, you know yeah. glowing like green venomous spiders from the Amazon. You can't <laughs> right. stop looking at it. It's horrible and fascinating. And and, 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 Wayne, you know, Wayne Blunt- and she was incredibly condescending at the town hall, and the kids yeah. were just like, "You're not answering my question." Yeah. Well, that's I mean um, that's because they all think, including Dana Lash, they all think that these kids have been coached by uh, professional uh, political consultants who have swooped in and now are coaching them all. I mean, that's what they're all saying now that all of these people, they you, you know, these kids can't possibly be there, this articulate. They have to have been coached by, uh, and this is like the, the most cynical. Those people don't know any kids then, because all the teenagers I know are incredibly media savvy. Well, yeah, they know that's when they're the- being manipulated. They know when mm-hmm. they're being double talked and advertised to yeah i um, mean think about it this way 2006 youtube came around um right right so that was what 12 years ago most of these kids have not existed without youtube i mean just to give you an idea of how recent some of this technology is and how young some of these kids are these are kids who grew up with camera phones in their faces recording everything they do and then posting it on social media that's what you know whether it's uh, gen x parents or millennial par- older millennial parents raising these this current group of kids who are in high school right now uh they have m- basically manufactured we've all manufactured a generation of kids who are as you said entirely media savvy and so that's and one of the, the reasons the journalism program at Stoneman Douglas was like a magnet program for the area yeah like a lot of these kids are from the journalism and english programs there which apparently and that theater program is apparently really outstanding at that school and right. so they are like you know they're like ready for they're camera ready Mm-hmm. You know, they like they they've been doing this, like you said, all their lives. And um Yeah. Yep. But the right, you know, the anytime the right starts to it's always projection. It's always they're accusing us of the things that they do because that's what they think about. And when they get into their paid protesters and stuff and they start talking about George Soros, you know, the fact is that the president's <laughs> announcement of his presidential run in 2015 there were you know a bunch of paid people standing there they were from a casting company yeah that's right we talked about this uh guy going back to 2009 where uh there were all kinds of astroturf organizations pushing the uh the tea party movement i mean it was just it was one uh, now they've all been their jobs have been outsourced to bots like <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> like, well, that, like everybody else in america <laughs> yeah well, that's, i mean that's the whole thing though it's because a russian the, bot is doing your job <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, meanwhile, what they're doing is they're projecting that onto the rest of the country. Like, okay, if they needed uh, organizations to astroturf their Tea Party movement, then, oh, clearly this youth movement is is being astroturfed as well by uh, paid political consultants and George Soros and whatever boogeyman they can uh, conjure out of their ridiculous adult brains. That's what they're doing now. And but of course it's not it's not that way. Again, these are kids who are enormously savvy with technology. They know how to talk. They know how to be on camera. I think that has been proved. Whether it was in the and CNN- I don't know if you saw a thing I did yesterday at Raw Story where uh, David Hogg, 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Seventeen. He's like they asked him what he thinks of the conspiracy theories and everything that's springing up. He said it's awesome. That's more publicity, right? I yeah, mean, and that's wise. That's that's media wise in a way that like even like you know six figure a year with DC consultants are not wise. <laughs> yeah, um, that's like Prince wise. Prince said he's like I don't read my press. I just weigh it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad you brought up David Hogg because the latest news today is is kind of frightening. Uh, his family, David Hogg's family is receiving death threats over this cons- over the conspiracy theory that he's a crisis actor. The family of 17-year-old Parkland, Florida shooting survivor David Hogg is receiving death threats from pro-Second Amendment individuals due uh, to online conspiracies claiming the student is a crisis actor put in place as part of a false flag attack against gun rights. You know what? These people are a goddamn blight. Whether it's the whether it's Dan Badandi or Alex Jones, Ted Nugent has been spreading that today too, and uh, Donald Trump Jr. has been retweeting a lot of these <laughs> conspiracy theories. Uh, this is, I mean, what they're doing is they're putting lives in danger by making things up and then broadcasting that it is i mean to call it irresponsible would be understating the problem as reported by the washington post hog who has made a name for himself by passionately calling for gun control since surviving the shooting has been targeted by conspiracy theorists since his Mm -hmm. initial tv interviews can you imagine this kid's uh twitter feed his instagram his facebook his email every he's gonna be the freaking governor of florida before he's ultimate. yeah yeah he is just so poised and so, but why do you think they're zeroing in on him in particular instead of going after the crew cutted girl with a Latino last name, Emma Gonzalez? Well, they're going I after her too. Love. I mean, they're uh, they're they taking are. a lot of time talking about, oh yeah, that's the uh, bald headed lesbian girl. I mean, I've of seen course. a lot of comments about that, and you know, it's funny you mentioned about how David Hogg would be governor of Florida one of these days. I was watching uh, B roll yesterday. I was like, yeah, Emma Emma Gonzalez, future senator from Florida. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, I we're talking about the next generation and this generation doesn't seem as if it's sitting down for this. This is going to be no. a long sustained uh, activist uh, uh, series. They saw their the- friends with their limbs blown off. Yeah. And their guts trailing across the floor. Yep. You know, they're not going to stop now. And I feel like, you know, people were like, it should have stopped at Sandy Hook when they were killing babies. I'm like, babies don't do Instagram. Right. You know, six-year-olds are not this media savvy. I think this is really a tipping point. And I think this may be a huge just overall cultural tipping point because I wish you'd watch the whole CNN thing because it was very interesting to watch. Like, even the quote-unquote good guy, when Ben Bradley, is that his name? Like, I mean, these fossils, these old, old men that are running the government. (laughs) The kids are just not having their double talk at all. They'd ask a question, and they'd start in with the senatorial answer of, like, well, I believe in your right. And they're just like, answer the question, Senator. (laughs) I, I will say I, I do give uh, I do give Marco Rubio and Dana Lash a a scotch of credit for showing up in the lion's den yesterday and and taking the heat rightfully so of course they deserve the heat and they they're supposed to have the guts the courage of their conviction to show up and to face people who disagree with them that's part of Dana Lash's whole job she's nothing but a PR flag for the NRA in fact she's a PR flag for what else was she going to be doing last night I mean really (laughs) God only knows washing her hair extensions yeah cleaning her AR-15 at home 
Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, again, talk about tone deaf. It's after meeting with people who were victims of a mass shooting, she uh, she states afterwards that, oh, I needed guns to get out of there because I wasn't sure. I mean, you know, these thugs might come after me. Well, it's the operating principle again, more publicity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the maximum, and she's going to get the maximum martyr points she can out of that, you know, and go back to her talk radio audience. Right, and right. Talk, you know, and she'll be dining out on this for the next six years yeah yeah and of course i did watch from uh beginning to end the uh the listening session at the white house yesterday uh, with, i couldn't watch that with trump that was that was hard I watched to watch. the part with um was his name adam yeah the young man who lost his uh his best friend yeah He's sitting the- next to the mom from sandy hook and i yeah i cried i'm getting actually a little choked up um, just about just it. thinking about it. Yeah, that was one of the most stirring scenes I, I've witnessed in politics in a long, long time. And, uh, and and of course, Donald Trump was sitting there with his dick tent like he always does, um, like just blinking and staring. I mean, just could, couldn't have been He's such a toad. Yeah, really. Very <laughs> much so. Exactly. Totally like a like a big or waiting for toad. you to inflate his like his uh, waddle. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's big red, like, is a sign of aggression, you know? Yeah, he was flicking his tongue out and grabbing some crickets and swallowing them down whole. And <laughs> it's disgusting. I mean, seriously, I mean, he couldn't have been more emotionless. Even as the, the mom whose child was gunned down in cold blood at Sandy Hook, even when she was talking and proposing common sense, easy-to-pass solutions, a whole menu of things that could be done today. That no, way, I mean, he's sitting there and he's thinking. I mean, I, you know, like most narcissistic personalities, he only thinks in like tableaus. He's like, all these people are arranged around me right now. Yeah, I'm on TV, I look good on camera. I gotta stick my chin out. You That's know, right. like, gotta gotta make sure I keep my hands in this tent shaped position right here. Make vagina hands. That's what I'm doing <laughs> with my hand. I don't know what the hell that hand gesture is. I am obsessed, David, with all of Trump's uh, little uh, 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 physical habits, like the way he sits at a cabinet meeting. Whenever people put their fingers together like and make a tent like that it's trying to it's an assertion of power is it really is it's that what like they... a build well it's kind of a building shape and it's sort of like you know but it's also a way to point at you without actually pointing at you with one finger yeah um well i mean he yeah, does which it... also go ahead i mean every time he sits there in a chair and there's no table in front of him he has to have, have his hands like that his his elbows on his knees and his hands down in that dick tent and it happens you know it's so ape like really yeah, yeah. Would he he's say, like a silverback gorilla basically he's got a whole series of these things which i'm sure like tony atamanic from the president show and so on have have already clearly studied and picked up on all these mannerisms but he does the same thing in every similar setting like if he's in an interview he's always shot from the right side where he's mm-hmm. only shot from the right side and then he's always glancing over and looking into the camera as he's as he's talking which is also really creepy and then then he does the it's thing very gangstery right he'll either at cabinet meetings he'll either fold his arms if he's being challenged or he'll sit there with his elbows on the table with his right oh, hand on his left arms. that is so obstinate the three-year-old thing and it's yeah. like, it makes his blazer poof out in a weird way <laughs> like yeah <laughs> The one it's I terrible. hate though is the is the bird fingers. Like when he's talking and he puts his thumb and his index finger together, and yeah. his other fingers are sticking up. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, Mariah Carey kind of does that when she's singing, when she's like tracing the glissandros in the air or whatever she's doing. To me. <laughs> which actually, you know, this is the thing. When I went to NPR headquarters, I won't say which announcer, uh-huh. uh, but while she's talking, she keeps her hand 
like one hand is holding her notes and the other hand is moving almost like a conductor's baton like and it's going up and down with her voice so that it gets and it really actually if you do it it really helps if you're trying to do the NPR voice it's a weird thing I was like I've never seen anyone do that but it's kind of I guess what he's doing with his fingers up like that but yeah. it's yeah. just He's so prissy in a horrible, yeah, disgusting, and revolting way. Yeah, he's just such an eccentric iconoclast in the worst way. And he's just, I mean, ultimately, comic book supervillain. I mean, you couldn't invent like a Dick Tracy or Batman villain who's uh, more nefarious than, than Donald Trump. He's even got the, the, the weird costume, you know, on top of everything else. Here and henchmen. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, he's totally like comic book henchman. Henchman, and yeah. He's got henchmen. <laughs> got henchmen. That's so funny. Uh, so, yeah, today he, uh, God damn it. He kissed the NRA's ass. I mean, I, I said on Twitter yeah, that, he, that he motorboated Wayne Lapierre <laughs> between their buttocks. A hole. Yeah. That's what he did. Because because first he said, first he proposed his solutions. Remember, on it's crocodile. That's, oh, so gross. So disgusting. Just leathery, scaly skin. Uh, Were you ever an orphan black person? <laughs> no, not really. But I, I know. Oh, there going. was a guy in the first season with a tail. Oh, it was gross. like his genetic modification. He was super proud of it. Yeah. And, like Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh got out of the uh, Vietnam draft because he had a tail, didn't he? Wasn't that his thing? Didn't he have a tail? I, I thought it was a cyst. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was. a. I thought it was a, like. like can a I tell you something? This is what this is the person I am. I, found, I heard about that and it was the most revolting thing. And so I did hours of online research about what a pilonidal cyst was. <laughs> Yeah. And like okay, called my nearest friend yeah. and was like, have you ever had to? And she's like, oh, God, yes, it's horrible. It's yeah. horrible. It's the most disgusting thing you can possibly imagine. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's the most apt metaphor for Rush Limbaugh as a band that I can possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it is. It's a polynoidal cyst is what he had. That's how he got out of out of Vietnam. Not a, not a bone spur, but a, a cyst of some kind on his... It, you know, <laughs> it's right at the crack of your ass. It's so right gross. at the top of the crack. Do you want to know what it is? I can explain it to you uh, in horrible, horrible detail. I, how about this? Why don't we just let people look it up if they want to find <laughs> out? Because well, then it's pilonidal. P i l o n i d a l. Okay, all right. So it wasn't. He didn't have a vestigial tail that he couldn't get into Vietnam with the tail. I see. No, I prefer to think of it. not a curly tail. I prefer to think that he had like a pug dog tail back there. Nah, pigtail. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, <laughs> so here's what Trump tweeted this morning. First, he tweeted, I will be strongly pushed. And by the way, none of this is going to happen. Just letting you know. Just I, I hate to harsh your mellow here on this, Mr. Trump. This but is the new infrastructure week is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. None of this is going to happen. I will be strongly pushing. week. <laughs> I'll be strongly pushing comprehensive background checks. That's never going to happen. With an emphasis on mental health. That's never going to happen because Donald Trump and Congress already rolled that back last year. raise age to 21 and end sale of bump stocks. None of that's going to happen either. Congress is in a mood to finally do something on this issue. I hope he says, so this is like Donald Trump's big shot across the bat. This is what I'm going to do in response to the Parkland shooting and all of the other shootings. I'm going to do is this going to be an executive order. I, I have no idea. He was talking about asking Jeff session singular uh, <laughs> yesterday about doing something on, I believe, background checks. 
but I, there's very limited numbers of things that they can actually do. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think that's going anywhere because ultimately here was Trump motorboating the NRA's a-hole yesterday or this morning. This is the tweet that happened right after he called for the banning of bump stocks, background, uh, the increasing background checks with emphasis on mental health, and uh, let's see, raising the age to purchase a firearm to 21. This is the very next tweet that he sent out this morning. What many people don't understand or don't want to understand is that Wayne, Chris, <laughs> Wayne, just by his first name, Wayne, Chris and the folks who work so hard at the NRA are great people and great American patriots. They love our country and will do the right thing. Make America great again. And here's if you actually listen to the audio of this tweet, it sounds a little like this. <laughs> Just motorboating that butthole, aren't you? Aren't you, Mr. Trump? Lane and Chris. Exactly. He's on a first name basis with these guys. So Jane, his wife. Yeah. I mean, seriously, get the idea into your head that Donald Trump isn't going to do a goddamn thing. The NRA, the NRA has way too much power. All they're going to do is say, fine, go ahead and do it. But you know what's going to happen? We're going to primary challenge every single pro-Trump Republican from sea to shining sea. So good luck with that in the midterms. And then Donald Trump's going to go, oops, I better not do that. Okay, Mr. LaPierre, bend over. Let's have that reptilian ass here. <laughs> Gross. Okay. So uh, Trump also tweeted today, I never said give teachers guns, like was stated on fake news CNN and NBC. What? I've seen the video. <laughs> I know. Me too. I was impressed that he knew the word adept. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's one of the only words that he knows. I'm going to get to I'm going to get to how he has the best words here in just a second. Uh, what I said was to look at the possibility of giving quote concealed guns to gun ad there it is, a gun adept teachers with military or special training experience, only the best, 20% of teachers. That's what he said today. Which of course, as we Wait, all So we have like a teacher contest. The best twenty percent. How are we? Did, what on what criteria are they? The Thunderdome. I say that <laughs> two teachers enter, one teacher leaves. Yes, <laughs> right. See, what's going to happen here is with this arming of the teachers thing. It's just going to be the schools are going to become an arms race where the teachers have that firearms. Better, that, that's never going to happen. And then I, the, do, yeah. I don't think an, I think there are enough parents who don't want guns around their children. No, that that's just. I mean. I've seen interesting surveys with people on Twitter and Facebook. They're asking, like, who of your high school teachers are the, would you be the most worried about having a gun right. in the classroom? And I've seen some interesting responses. Jeez, I know. So many of them have the word coach before their name. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. doesn't every worst teacher everybody ever had in high school? But no, it's been sold to them as their patriotic duty and obligation That's to true. arm themselves. When That's it's, true. You know, it really is. It's like ordering people to drink or yeah. ordering them to smoke cigarettes. It's, I mean, I wish that gun owners would just come clean about this fact that it's a creepy obsession, like mm -hmm. gambling, because uh, their eyes get weird when they talk about it and just right. be like, okay, I'm not rational about my guns. I'm going to hoard them like cats. Um, and that's my thing. <laughs> that's and, what they do. But like leave the rest of us. And instead of trying to make it this like sacred, you know, enshrined as a patriotic duty to own weapons, it's mm -hmm. not, I mean, and that's what, what was great about the kids last night. You know, they were like, are you a part of a well-regulated militia, Senator Rubio? <laughs> Can you explain that to us? <laughs> right. Um, they're just not 
having it. Yeah, they, they, they just um, don't understand that the Second Amendment is an antiquated uh, amendment, right up there with the three fifths clause that used to exist. You know, right? There, there are certain parts. And of the you Constitution. watch these old dinosaur politicians that are so used to being able to blithely double talk to Chuck Todd <laughs> and get away with it, and the kids are just like. Mm-mm. They weren't going to have Mm-mm. it. No, nope, they're done. Oh, it's beautiful. I really think, I mean, I really, this is like the, I think this is maybe the moment, the tipping point where the baby boomers finally begin to recede into the distance. Fingers crossed. Because they skipped right, right over us and the, and the <laughs> you know, and they right to the high schoolers, of course. That's right. Um, but, you know, Jesus. if the high schoolers are all like these kids, I'm, you know, here, take the wheel. Um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. This generation of kids seems really promising. If they keep this up, and I know they're going to be keeping it up for weeks now because the that march uh, isn't taking place until toward well closer to maybe even like what was it March twenty fourth is when they're going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So we've got a bunch of weeks here that this issue will hopefully extend out. We're not going to see this tail off that that has occurred time and time again. But meanwhile, Trump said, right before before we take a break here to talk about Beachbody On Demand, here's one more Trump tweet about about what we should do with teachers. Wait, I can get the Beachbody On Demand? What's that? Yeah. Like I order and they bring him to my house. Well, you can go online. I mean, there's a, there's a well, well, I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk to you about that in a second. Uh, is, is it another person or is <laughs> I, you're talking about me? Well, you or anyone else who wants to subscribe. But let's uh, we'll uh, get to that. let me get to this. Uh, let me get to this Trump tweet and then we'll get into it. Uh, going back to what uh, what we were saying before about Trump having the best words. I know words. I have the best words. Here's what he said today: mm. If a potential sicko shooter knows that a school has a large number of and here it is, very weapons-talented teachers who will be instantly shooting. The sicko will never attack that school. Cowards won't go there. Problem solved. Must be offensive. Defense alone won't work. We must be offensive. He doesn't know what words... Donald just, Trump has no Gollum. idea what words mean. Yeah. He has no must idea. Must be offensive. <laughs> yeah. Defensive won't work. Sad. <laughs> but I mean, what does he mean by we must be offensive? That means offensive means teachers going out and attacking shooters. Not what, what he's talking about here is being defensive, where if a shooter comes in, then the teacher can shoot the shooter uh, uh, hypothetically. How we just send maybe. out mobs of armed teachers and send them to Washington. But you know, there's right, but there's no. There, you know what? People who do this to the English language should be thrown in jail. Very weapons talented teachers. What? <sighs> it's like I mean, it's an, how a seven or eight year old talks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's how little little kids talk like this. Uh, we need to find a very weapons talented teacher. Any weapons talented teachers around? What are you saying, Mister? Why don't we find a teacher who can explain grammar to the president? Why don't we do that? I know words. I have the best oh words. Oh my god! Okay, so as I was now saying, you're going to tell me how to order a surfer online. Yes. Well, awesome. But without you, using Grinder, there are some uh, amazing workout videos. Uh, you know, I uh, I work out four times. I lift weights four days a week. I also bike ride. But, you know, I get sick and tired of the same workouts all the time. So what I do is I go to Beachbody On Demand. Uh, it's an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts personalized for you. So what you do is you go to this platform, and there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of workout videos that you can work out along to at all different levels. So if you want to start from the very beginning, 
just go to Beachbody On Demand. Or if you're an advanced uh, uh, fitness expert, you can go to the more uh, intermediate or expert level videos and do those as well. Highly, highly effective world-class workouts. Bear that in mind. Uh, it's based on They're all based on proven results, and it's convenient. You never have to go to a gym or schedule a class. Beachbody On Demand is accessible on any internet-connected computer, phone, tablet, or TV. Uh, short on time, Beachbody On Demand workouts can be quick as 10 minutes or last more than an hour. There's a program for every fitness level, and workouts range from cardio to weights, yoga, low impact, and even dance. 600, 600 different workouts. And because abs are made in the kitchen, Beachbody On Demand offers nutritional guidance and a wide choice of recipes, tips on meal prep and simple eating plans. Best of all, it's so affordable. A free trial gets you all 600 workouts and all their nutrition info, but you want to keep going with a subscription that's cheaper than a gym membership. At least give it a free trial, but you have to text the code BOBC to 303-030. Got that? BOBC to 303 303- 030. That's 303030 or 303030. That's the way easiest way to remember. Just BOBC to 303030 to get Beachbody on demand. Go do it now. Go do it right now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show. T-Rex is here today. Uh, also, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link at bobseska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. It takes you right to the front page of amazon.com. You go shopping as usual, and we collect a small fee from most of the things you buy. Thank you for doing that. Okay. Let's see what what to what to do next here. Uh, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm in the I'm in the midst of this move, and just today has been so chaotic that I can't even say the word chaotic correctly. Apparently, I know words. I have the best words. I hate moving. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, Mike. But I just there's nothing worse. I just, Monday to me. The most horrible thing about it is the terrible juxtapositions of objects that have no business together. You know, like yeah, the that's bathroom. the thing that I'm thinking about too all the time. It, right? No, but just like it makes me want to puke up hairballs on the carpet, like you know, <laughs> just like the bathroom, like garbage can with the car, you know the play, the bath mat in it, also the big jar change from the dresser, uh-huh. and then, you know, like yeah. I know, um, I know, because like it, it, you always forget something in in the box that's supposed to go in, so you end up sticking that weird thing in an, in a box where it doesn't belong, and then that's all. But that's like the least of my problems right now. I mean, it's like today we just we had to get rid of this crappy old sofa that I had in my office here, it used to sit right <laughs> behind me, and uh, we're gonna donate it to this uh, I don't know some sort of rescue mission. Yeah, but and, you live in like Northern California, right? And yeah. they come and look at it like, no, I'm sorry, this isn't nice enough. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Our homeless people won't sleep on this. You know, here's what I had to do. I had to take I had to take the, the door off the hinges here in my office to get the couch out. I had to take the, the feet off of the couch, too, to get it through the door. I got it around, you know, around the dogleg hallway and then down mm. through the front door of the apartment, down the stairs, because we live on the second by floor. By yourself? Yeah, I did it by myself. Oh, I'm, God. Because of Beach Body on Demand, I'm telling you. Um I- but we got it all the way down there, and they showed up. And you know what they said? Uh, springs are kind of crappy on this. We're not going to take it. <laughs> I swear to God. So, But yeah, they, they said, well, no, you, we can't take this couch because the springs are all fucked up. 
Oh, okay. So then I had to, I had to actually pay someone to come by and, and trash it. You know, that's, that's the pisser of it. I had to just end up sticking just it up. any money you have right now in the process of moving, just go ahead and preemptively kiss it goodbye. I know. There's always just this, like, you know, last minute cascade of expenses that yeah, you didn't expect. Yeah. We were saying before the show that uh, it's, it's almost like being stranded in an airport. And you know, money becomes no object when you're stuck, or you've missed a flight, and you're yeah. stuck in an airport, and you desperately need to get the hell out of that airport. You're just like, here, take my you're money, like, thousands of take dollars. Take my savings. I take don't... you know, here, all my credit cards. Here, actually, I've got two children. Take this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get me the fuck out of this uh, airport, and that's just it. That's just where it's where we are right now. We're just in that get me the fuck out of here mode. And just uh, moving across country is like a shipwreck. I mean, it's it just... really is. And, and, but <sighs> fortunately, luck. I mean, this will all be over by uh, by Tuesday. And so it'll all be done, and uh, we're taking next week off. No shows next week, but we'll be back here a week from Tuesday uh, with with uh, brand new shows. Except we'll be doing them from uh, our nation's capitals, so that'll be uh, extra fun for the show. All right. So uh, you've been around the uh, the blogotubes for a long time, David. As yes. have I. We've been around doing this probably since I don't know. I've been doing it since two thousand four. Around that time. That's about when I started. Yeah, and throughout the Bush years, we spent a lot of time busting on a guy named Tom Friedman. Tom Friedman. Yes. <laughs> Tom Friedman is a pain in the ass. He's one of these sort of wishy-washy moderate guys. He's to this point. At this point, in order to be moderate, you have to be like willfully blind. Yeah. To, uh, anyway, go on. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. like he's I mean, like he's kind of a smarmy guy. He definitely seems like. You know, I don't know. You go ahead. He's, well, he's a stuffed shirt. He thinks he knows everything, and he's really doesn't have anything of interest to say, or at least hasn't in recent memory. He's sort of the more left-leaning David Brooks, more or less. That's I think mm-hmm. that's how you could pretty much describe uh, Thomas Friedman. Talking about hairballs on the carpet. But holy hell, did he write a barn burner for the uh, New York Times this week. The Code Red thing, I've heard about that. I have not read the column yet. Yeah, he basically, I mean, the long and short of it here is that he says that Donald Trump is one of two things. He is either, he is either compromised by the Russians or he's tremendously incompetent in the face of a foreign attack. Uh, Equally likely. Or, or both. I think it's a combination of, of both of those things. And in fact, I think that's what Tom Friedman says here, that th- we're in a, a crisis point now. Here's how uh, Friedman concludes this, uh, this op-ed. But whatever it is, Trump is either trying so hard to hide it or is so naive about Russia that he is ready to not only resist mounting a proper defense of our democracy, he's actually ready to undermine some of our most important institutions, the FBI and Justice Department, to keep his compromised status hidden. This must not be tolerated. This is code red. The biggest threat to the integrity of our democracy today is in the Oval Office. Jesus God. Thomas Friedman doesn't see the the reason I'm bringing this up is Thomas Friedman doesn't normally write in these terms. Right. He's not. Yeah. He's never this extreme. Both sides are bad. Yeah. Moderate. I mean, that's what how you get invited on, you know, talk shows. Right. Or at least was the model for about 30 years. I mean, the two this th- is what this is the same thing we've been preaching to people since he made his announcement that he was running for president. Yeah, uh, that, you know, this is a person who's you know highly suspicious, unqualified, seems to be a bit of. I mean, I don't know. That's one of the things that uh, that pisses me off the most these days is that you know what we've been warning people about this guy Donald Trump for well since 2015. For God's sake. Until we were blue in the freaking face. We're coming up on three years in which we've been saying, 
this guy is a walking disaster area. This guy does not belong in the hotel three miles away from the White House, much mm-hmm. less in the White House itself. This is a disaster waiting to happen. This is going to be a, a tremendously destabilizing uh, element inside. It's going to be a psycho bomb inside the goddamn executive branch of the federal government and it's going to take years maybe decades to repair the damage from the trump presidency and sure enough here we are here we are uh so tom friedman a little bit late on this but you know what i'm going to give him a pass because his words were very very powerful especially considering where he's been in the past at least when it comes to uh, characters like george w bush which he was very hands off with george w bush during the uh, mm-hmm. during the 2000s which was really oh really, i don't really know telling the iran the uh, peop- iraqi people to suck on this was i think pretty pro bush <laughs> pro yankee right. imperialism right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know i mean i like you know so it's now we've convinced thomas friedman now what happens i mean i just the question, I mean, we, you know, we keep thinking like this is all going to start unraveling at some point um, and it does continue to unravel. But then there's just like another crisis and another crisis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's one thing after another. It's it's endless. And the links, though, are becoming clear. I mean, we, do you want to talk about Alpha Bank and um, what's it, Alex Vanderzwan? Vanderzwan? Yeah. The Dutch, about English, Russian speaking lawyer. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Rachel had a point of order last night on her show that he's not cooperating. He has right. pled guilty, but he's not cooperating with Mueller, which is, which is strange given his connections to Alpha Bank. His father in law <laughs> runs well, Alpha, Alpha Bank. Bank. Remember, let's not forget that that is the bank that was operating an online there was a server, server yeah right at the trump tower that was in constant communication with a server at alpha bank mm-hmm. uh, and we don't really know why still yeah um i mean it's like the links are sort of slowly gelling like just becoming clear about which faction i mean what was it somebody was saying that it was like watching a submarine come up that you knew the shape of and everything but it's still you're just like jesus christ this thing is huge oh know? yeah yeah that's just it. That's just it. The, the scope of this. And that's why indictments like Alex, Alex Vander Swan. Vander Swan actually Vander would be the proper uh, pronunciation because their V's are W's or V's. But it's just say Swan. It's Swan yeah, yeah. in Dutch. Right. So, so. Art Vandelay. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the indictments that leads me to believe that this is much bigger than we could have ever possibly imagined. I mean, I've been keeping a, a running tally of people involved in the uh, in the Russia. No, when attack. we finally see the flowchart of how the Republican Party and Donald Trump have been compromised by the Russians, it's going to be like when they open up a patient and see the cancers just all through them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, just, there's nothing we can do. Sew them back up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Give we them some I, morphine, make them comfortable. <laughs> and, and we haven't seen names like Alex Van Halen uh, on uh, either investigateRussia.org. We haven't heard about uh, Vanderswan on the on the Rachel Maddow show. So this is a, a an angle on this entire investigation that we haven't even considered i mean we have talked about alpha bank that's for sure uh we have talked about russian oligarchs and that's Vinesh sure. Vinesh, Vinesh, Vinesh bank. yeah <laughs> i'm also good at saying Vinesh Kahnenbeck. uh veb for short um yes. but here i mean we have another uh another angle to this whole thing uh, was revealed yesterday that Mueller is looking into manafort's promise of trump access to a banker in exchange for loans. And of course, this banker, holy God. It's not the, Herman Kahn. It's 
Stephen Cock. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Cock <laughs> is the guy's name. Uh, Stephen oh, Cock okay. is the name of the banker. Yeah, the Beavis likes this one. Yeah, Stephen Cock. <laughs> He's the president of the Federal Savings Bank and was announced as a member of a candidate Trump's Council of Economic Advisors in August 2016. This is after Manafort became chairman of the Trump campaign mm-hmm. and after Paul Manafort apparently promised this guy whose name is Stephen Cock. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I'm so, fucking, I'm so childish. I'm just trying to figure out which of us is which. I'm pretty sure that I am Beavis. Yeah. Because uh, he has his occasional cornholio freakouts. You know, discuss of the past. What a hot temper I have. So, <laughs> Stephen Cock <clears throat> was uh, offered a job in the Trump White House in return for $16 million in home loans from. <laughs> Stephen Cock. <laughs> where do these guys do me this money though? How did oh Manafort end up in Hawk? You know, to the tune of ten million dollars. Yeah, to, can you, um, what is it? Who was it? Oleg Deripaska. Oligarch. Deripaska. Deripaska, the aluminum king of Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what do you do with ten million? I, I I don't I don't know, but I I do know this that he is in such deep debt to these crooked Russians. I, if I was Paul Manafort, and thank God I'm not, but if I was Paul Manafort, I'd be scrambling like hell to get those guys repaid. You don't want to fuck around with guys who have links to probably Russian mobsters. I'm sorry, you lost me. If I was Paul Manafort, and I've been imagining you with that haircut ever since. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a, such a great look that Manafort has the two tone haircut. boxy o- suit. What I mean, they're talking about how much money he, like, you know, he spent like nine and a half million dollars on suits or whatever, and he looks he look, always Christ. looks like he's in men's warehouse. That's right, and like, so does so does Trump. Trump looks the same way. And have you noticed that Yanukovych, the uh, the the I guess the former Ukraine dictator, looks, looks just like Manafort. Looks just yeah. like Manafort. It's so creepy. And so, but I mean, on I top was of- working on. I was at NPR during that whole Ukrainian election and the yeah. poisoning and everything. And that, I mean, I know a lot of Americans didn't follow it closely, but it was harrowing. It was so scary that election. And then when he came up, you know, and he had dioxin poison. He disappeared yeah. for like four days. Um, was this Vitelli, um Was it Chen Ying? I can't remember his name. Anyway, that's just a digression. <laughs> I just found that whole thing particularly horrifying and fascinating, and was following it every day, hosting All Things Considered locally. Wow. And then I meet people from Ukraine, and I'm like, "Oh, can we talk about?" And they're like, "How do you know about this? Americans don't know about this." <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I, I figured out who Person A was in the uh, in this uh, latest indictment. Oh, in the Vanders one. I, I know who it is. It's it's Konstantin Kalimnik. That's my guess. That's my best oh, guess. Oh, Constantine. Okay, you're going to have to fill me in on it's, who that it's, is. Yeah, his nickname is Kostya. His name is Constantine, in, in, in quotes, Kostya Kalimnik. He's Manafort's man in Kiev. There was a, a great uh, political magazine article called uh, Manafort's Man in Kiev. And Kalimnik is a guy in Ukraine who's a go-between between Manafort and Deripaska. And so he's kind of uh, like Manafort's oh, agent right. That's negotiator. That's emails came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So uh, the banker, Stephen Koch. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to stop doing that now. Okay. 
the president of the Federal <laughs> Savings Bank was announced as a member of the candidate. I'm sorry. One day I hope to take a tenth of the delight that you take in some of your sound effects Steven. in something in my life. Steve. Anyway, go on. I, you know what? Look, you can't you can't walk past a name like Stephen Cock without uh, having a little Beavis yeah, and Butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So Manafort received three separate loans in December 2016 and January 2017 from Stephen Cock at uh, Federal Savings Bank for homes in New York City, Virginia, and the Hamptons. Isn't he awesome? He has a house in the Hamptons. Special counsel. That's how you get ten million dollars in debt to a Russian oligarch. But go on. That's right. <laughs> Mueller's team is now investigating whether there was a quid pro quo arrangement between Manafort and Cock. <laughs> it's C A L K, by the way. Manafort left the Trump campaign in August 2016 after the millions he had earned working for a pro-Russian political party in Ukraine drew media scrutiny. Cock did not receive a job in President Donald Trump's cabinet, but he was uh, was an advisor on the campaign. So there was that. Meanwhile, new charges were filed under seal. Uh, we're not quite sure what mm-hmm. these charges mm-hmm. are, but what probably has to do with Manafort and Gates. And I assume yeah. all of this stuff. And again, it's very easy to sort of superimpose methods and motives on uh, on uh, on Mueller and his uh, team of untouchables. But I think I think that this is an effort to to box Manafort in and force him to uh, to flip, to actually uh, mm-hmm. uh, testify against Donald Trump, to give the special counsel. Because, you know what, they did this thing with uh, Robert Gates called a Queen for a Day interview. Yes, and, yes, where he can, tell, he, he can say anything and not be held criminally uh, liable for exactly, it. Exactly, and I know. Unless he lie. Can you imagine Paul Manafort in a Queen for a Day interview with Robert Mueller and his team and the things that Manafort could tell them? Holy God. And I'm also just imagining him in a Queen Elizabeth dress and hair. <laughs> just because you need to. Like, uh, how do I look? Excellent, Mr. Manafort. <laughs> <laughs> well, and meanwhile, uh, okay, this was a big deal yesterday. And this was, uh, oh, you know what? We're going to take one last break. And I'm going to get into this uh, after we take a break. We're, we're going to talk about how uh, Trumper Twitter crapped its cage yesterday after... Uh, after there was a big banning of uh, a bunch of uh, Russian bots oh, and trolls, right. yeah. And then we'll talk about the hard tech stuff. More crying yesterday from the uh, the Trumpers. We're gonna gonna get into that and more right after these words. Ouch! My ass hurts. What? I said my ass hurts. Huh? Oh, geez! Someone thought I was a chocolate bunny and took a huge bite out of my ass, and it hurts. I I can barely hear you. Someone took a bite out of my ears. Man, I know we look like chocolate, we smell like chocolate, but people can't eat us. We're soap. Want to fill your Easter basket with fabulous treats that aren't loaded with sugar? Check out all the Easter soap goodies from Bubble Genius, like our Here Comes Peter Chocolate Tail Soap, also available in pre-chumped My Ass Hurts gift baskets. What did she just say? Vegan and bunny-friendly bath and body from BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Welcome back. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm going home, kind of, you know. Uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia. 
first 18 years of my life, I lived in Northern Virginia, in Annandale, Virginia. And then I, uh, I went to college in Pennsylvania. So I moved up to uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, lived in Pennsylvania for... 21 years? I think it was, I think the math works out that way. I moved to Hawaii in 2011. So I was in Pennsylvania for all that time and then moved to Hawaii in 2011. And now I'm in California and I'm moving back to the Washington, D.C. area. I'm not going to say, and and look, just to be, (laughs) be completely honest about this, I'm not completely confident in saying exactly what area of the dc area i'm moving to only because i'm paranoid of uh of trumpers and and psycho alt-right goons who will inevitably stalk me with pepe the frog shit if they know where i live so i try oh, to I keep... thought you didn't actually know the name of your neighborhood yet oh uh, no i don't that's it too that's no, every town has like subtowns. i don't deal in de- the names of. i don't deal with details david i just let that <laughs> i leave that up to other people <laughs> I mean, you got like California geography to outsiders is completely incomprehensible because like Brentwood is like like I mean it just and everything's like you know there's another La Cienega something or other and it's just like it's all and you're like and people are like well are we gonna go there I thought we were gonna go to Los Angeles and they're like that is Los Angeles it is. I was like yeah uh, but Hollywood isn't no but uh, it's eh. all yeah, I know yeah, it's, it's all very super confusing. confusing to anybody that doesn't live there. All you got to think of is, here's how California works. There's the 101, and everything in California is an exit off of the 101. That's the right. entire thing. It's like, if you it's imagine... Like the turnpike the, in Jersey. Exactly. I was just going to say, the Jersey turnpike. So, like, where I am right now is, like, the Roy Rogers and Sbarro. It's just Whenever lots of, I meet people from New Jersey, I always ask, what exit? And they what always are like, oh, yeah, that's funny. 33. <laughs> they hate that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and then they tell you the number. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Twitter suspended thousands of accounts uh, overnight Monday into no, it was a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. And conservatives on the platform aren't happy about it. Twitter has yet to make a public statement about the issue, but right-wing users believe they are being targeted. Of course they are, because they're a bunch of whiny goddamn diaper babies who can't, you know, everything is an attack on them. Again. Yeah, just unbelievably whiny, every last one of them, a bunch of whiners, and they're following... Following the lead of their whiny, whiny president. But we're the ones with identity politics. Yeah, exactly. We're the snowflakes. They can't, every time, you know, one of these guys could walk into the doctor's office. The doctor's like, oh, you know what? You've got a, uh, a virus, and what we'll do is we'll get you some antibiotics. No, wait a minute. You're targeting conservatives by telling me I have a virus. Holy God. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Obama. That's what this, 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 this is. Twitter is going around saying, you know what? There are a bunch of, there are thousands and thousands of Russian bots and trolls out there who have no business being on our platform. And since we're, we own this platform, we're going to boot them off because we think that they're, uh, they're destructive and they're causing problems and they're besmirching our reputation as a social media platform. So, boom, they're out. They're out. And suddenly all these people, like I think Donald Trump lost a million followers or something like that, that were all bots and trolls, Russians. And then, uh, you know, we saw uh, Dan Bongino from from NRA TV, who's crying about it yesterday, too. Why are they targeting conservatives? It's like, you know what? If you're doing something wrong, that's why they're targeting you. It was the same thing. The whole IRS scandal. Remember that? The IRS scandal that turned out to be not a scandal at all, which is just the IRS saying, Hey, you know what? There are a lot of 537s here, whatever they're called. The uh, A lot of nonprofits that really aren't nonprofits. They're doing political action work, and they should be registered like that and not as uh, nonprofit organizations that can say whatever they want. So they, so then they're, they they do all this shit. They do it wrong, and, and so they uh, get called on the carpet for it. And then when they do, it's like, why me? Why are you targeting me? 
You hate you. Why do you hate America? Obama. Fucking whiny diaper babies. Every single last one of them. Conservative Twitter has even started a hashtag called hashtag Twitter lockout to talk about the purge with some claiming that real people as opposed to bots were locked out of their accounts. Gizmodo has uh, so far been unable to confirm that any real people have had their accounts mistakenly suspended. So there was uh, Richard Spencer. I've lost close to a thousand followers over the past few hours. They were fake followers, you fucking baby. Bill Mitchell. Have you heard rumors that he's gay? Richard Spencer. That wouldn't shock me in the slightest, would it? Oh, God, we don't want him. (laughs) No. No, no, no. No. Uh, Meanwhile, Bill Mitchell said an unexpected benefit of uh, Russiagate is that many states are now looking to return to paper ballots. I'm guessing Democrats didn't count on that when they started this whole farce. He's he's whining about... Paper ballots are fine. Paper ballots are fine. We want paper ballots. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So someone responded to him, and the account that responded to him was is called <laughs> LMC 30807732. That's not a bot, is it? And uh, and that person says, Bill, did you lose followers? Twitter hit all conservative accounts last night. Some have lost thousands. I lost 400. Yeah, that guy's fake. Whoever LMC 30807732 is, is probably a Russian bot and probably should have been banned anyway. Uh, and then Bill Mitchell responds. You know, if it happens on Twitter, it's not really news. Yeah. It's just like, I think Twitter is really, I think that their response to the abuse issues and all that has been so sluggish. And that, I mean, there's so many people I know like used to use Twitter and we're just like, it's just like, you know, it's like volunteering to get yeah, you know, uh, at by two, your neighbors. Two weeks ago, I got a death threat on Twitter and I reported that that Twitter <sighs> user to uh, to Twitter. And of course, Twitter's response was, I wasn't really a death threat. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is just, Twitter's done a horrible, horrible job at policing uh, uh, bullying and intimidation. And obviously, only now they're finally responding to to Twitter bots and trolls. Bill Mitchell says he lost 4,000 followers or so overnight. And, you know, if it was me, I'd be saying, fine, take them away. I don't want these fucking fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Got Christ. Nothing to lose. You don't lose when you lose fake <laughs> friends. Speaking Why are of, we talking about Joan Jett more? I don't know. We should be. I think we should. I think Joan Jett uh-huh. needs to be part of the national conversation more often. Um, here, Speaking of Twitter, uh, Devin Nunes tweeted this. This is fascinating. Devin Nunes tweeted yesterday, catch up on mainstream media Russian conspiracy theories in this piece by the Federalist. P.S. If you're a Russian bot, please make this go viral. <laughs> I just I I find Devin Nunez so much more tolerable when I think of him as the American Mr. Bean (laughs) with his with his stupid haircut like everything he does goes wrong I mean he really is like it's just well that's like Trump slapstick yeah everything Trump does goes horribly awry it's amazing Mm. that he made it to the presidency because everything he does makes things worse for Trump uh, he only made it to the presidency because Vladimir Putin wanted exactly. Him to get, I mean, right. Vladimir Putin d- gets what he wants. That's the, the difference. But yeah, and you know what? You hear that ob- obnoxious sound in the background. It, what, I, the Siamese <laughs> kitten has suddenly decided he needs. Uh, yeah, I love those Siamese kittens. They make such funny noises. Can, yeah, I'm trying like to a, hear a old screen door. He's actually gone away now. He knew I was talking about him. <laughs> That'd be awesome to hear to hear a yeah, Siamese cat noise on the show. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, Donald Trump's playing from the GRU handbook. And uh, speaking of, speaking of the GRU, uh, the State Department is now denying that the head of the, the uh, Russian GRU came to the United States. They're now just, right. just denying it entirely, which I don't know what the hell to believe anymore. 
It's like, it, talk about gaslighting. They're just making us feel like we're all fucking nuts. That's what he they're just doing. Wanted to, he just wanted to come and see the new Star Wars movie in IMAX. <laughs> right. But now, you it know who else? Like, he just topped on the plane. You know, come on, Boris or Yvonne or whatever your name is. You know who else is um, playing by the GRU handbook, David, is, uh, is Bernie Sanders. Mm. This is, this is Bernie Sanders said this yesterday. I did not know Russian bots were promoting my campaign. The real question has to be asked why the Clinton campaign didn't do something. It was Bernie Sanders yesterday. Damn those Russian bots. It's my job to turn Clinton's followers against her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, we're going to run out of time. Do you want to hear the story of the heart attack, or do you want to Okay, yeah, let's, let's uh, you know what, let's, um, let's wrap up the show, and then right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the heart attack. We'll make on... it paywall only. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it on the post So exclusive. Show. Absolutely. That's appropriate. Yeah, so if you want to listen to... David Ferguson's heart attack story. Go to go to our uh, our website bobseska.com, click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. It'll take you to our Patreon page and then you can subscribe. If you subscribe at $5 a month, oh, do you have break Kimberly Johnson's here with breaking news, I think. Is something going on? Okay, so Robert Mueller has filed new charges in the Manafort and Gates case. What are the charges? Against Oh, wait, wait, Manafort against, and Gates against both Manafort and Gates. Uh, it says new indictment and contains thirty-two counts, including checks charges. So thirty-two counts. Thirty-two. Holy God! Against Trump Chairman Manafort and his business partner. Against man, against thirty-two new counts against Manafort. Holy fucking shit! Manafort is Manafort's gonna flip. Toast. Now. He's Ma- toast. Yeah, he's not only toast, but he's gonna he's gotta he's gotta cooperate. The only way out of this is for him to cooperate. Otherwise, he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail where they won't have his hair dye and his Botox and his facial fillers. They won't be able oh. to make They won't be able to keep Manafort's catcher's mitt face all together in federal prison, will they? Uh, It'll be so, like Phil Spector. <laughs> so he absolutely has to cooperate. That's a big deal. I'm so glad that Kimberly came in with that news because... Of course, this would have been something that we never would have gotten to and would have dropped after the show. But anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about David and the Widowmaker heart attack on the postmortem show and uh, a whole lot more. Meanwhile, let's talk about some plugs here. Uh, Okay, Buzz Burbank is found at buzzburbank.com and at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Uh, Charles Johnson, you can by the you can listen to this show at littlegreenfootballs.com Thanks to our uh, our good friend Charles Johnson, good guy Charles Johnson, not to be confused with alt right troll Chuck C Johnson. That's a different. That's the evil Chuck Johnson. Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com Listen to the Stephanie Miller, Stephanie Miller show at stephaniemiller.com Sign up for a Steph Cast subscription. Get the uh, Happy Hour podcast there. It's the well, next to this podcast, it's the finest podcast around. Jackie Schechner's at investigaterussia.org, and Kimberly Johnson is at patreon.com slash startmeup. That's it for the show. We'll see you on the postmortem show, folks. Bye-bye.